0: Good morning. Before Pastor Sally comes up, I just want to, you know, it's a privilege to have her here this morning with us, and I know Sally, like, um, when uh, I went for a workshop, uh, actually I had a class, uh, and we went to Mount Bernard, um, and she was uh, on staff there, that was uh, a little bit over two years, and it was so great just to, you know, meet her for the first time, the energy, uh, how happy and joyful she she is, always, every time I see her, so... Um, yeah, it's uh, our pleasure here uh, that we can have her renew. As you guys know, Pastor Davis is on a sabbatical, and one of the pastors here. Uh, my name is Magdiel. I don't think I said that at the beginning. But uh, we're so happy that she is going to share with us this morning. So please just uh, welcome Sally. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, goodness. You guys are real peppy this morning, yay! No, <laughs> and just a warning, I haven't really had any coffee today, so if I seem a little draggy, uh, that's why. I should, but I didn't wanna talk too fast. Oh wait, I talk fast anyway, so <laughs> just a warning. I'll try and like pace myself so I don't get a I don't talk too fast, but yes, my name is Sally. I am the associate pastor at Shoreline Covenant Church, which is right down, you know, right down I-5. It took me like 11 minutes to get here from my house. So it's on um, 185th and Ashworth, and I just started there this summer um, with that community, so I'm still new to this area, learning kind of Seattle suburbs, and I was super excited to be able to come here to renew because it's been so close, but I haven't made it here yet. I also am slightly bummed that I'm not here uh, when... Pastor Dave is here too, but you know, whatever. <laughs> he's, en- he's enjoying his time off, relaxing. Um, but I'm also really super glad that you guys were able to offer him a sabbatical. Like I first met Pastor David, I'm trying to remember, a few years ago in a class um, at a midwinter conference, one of our pastor's conferences. And I know he was only a few years into planting Renew. And so to know that he's Getting kind of a time to re- rest and renew after serving you for so long is really a gift so on be- i 'll just say that on behalf of him, I say thank you um, but um, but really, it shows that your your care and love for him and and his care and love for you that he has like dug in and and uh, been serving you for so long and so well so um, thanks so much for having me um, as an associate pastor i don 't get to preach that often and so uh, this is like not new, but it's interesting. And then definitely interesting to preach to a group of people that I really don't know that well. So, um, bear with me with all the things. (laughs) It'll be fine. Um, and, but I'm really excited and hopefully, um, or I've been praying about this and what God has for us through the scripture. And so, um, I wanted to just share maybe slightly more about me. So like I said, I'm new to this area, new to the Pacific Northwest. I moved to the Pacific Northwest in November 2019. So just in time. um, Just in time for the pandemic to hit. So I still feel super new to this area. There's lots of stuff that I haven't seen because so many things were closed. And and so I'm still learning. So um, before that, I lived in Canada. I have served at two churches in Canada, one in Saskatchewan, which is flat and filled with fields, and you can see for, you know, miles and miles and miles around. And then I also served a church most re- right before I came to, the, came to Washington in um, Alberta, so Calgary, Alberta, so right on the edge of the mountains, but I lived on the flat side. So, I mean, Alberta is just like Washington, you know, um, lots of mountains and trees on one side and then dry and different on the other side. I lived on the dry side, so people are like, ooh, wasn't it amazing? I'm like, well, it was if you really like cows. But... Because it's like ranchers, but anyway, you guys really are robust laughers. I don't think I'm that funny, but, but that's cool. So anyway, um, and so uh, I grew up in Minnesota, and I've gradually made this trek like up and over to this area. And I um, I became a Christian when I was little, about third grade, and and I really, really, really know that Jesus has been with me throughout my life. There's been I've had ups and downs, and things happen. My family is just a little bit wild and things and and I've always felt the presence of Jesus with me and so I'm, I'm so grateful for um, the ways that Jesus has been at work in my life and he's really been at work in the last couple years uh, in having many many things happen in this crazy season and so that's actually what I was praying about and what kind of what to share with you all, what verses and what um, areas of scripture and what things about our relationship with Jesus have really been pivotal for me in these last couple years. And, and in preaching, it's really, I'm just going to share with you a little bit about what Jesus has been teaching me in the last little bit and pray that that uh, is a gift to you as well. So um, let me say a prayer before we dig in. Creator, Savior, Spirit, here we are in your presence. Um, we've, we glorify your name. We worship you. We want to hear from you. Lord, fill us up with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Um, may these words that I share um, be of you. Lord, guide us. Open our hearts, our eyes, our minds to what you have for us this morning. I thank you for this community and for the gift that they are. And so I pray that you will bless us this morning. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, so I mentioned that I moved here right before the pandemic. So um, I don't know about you, but this as endless season of all the things, um, all the stress, unknowns, um, are we in person? Are we remote? So you're like, what do we do? Um, that's for me, has been a constant reminder of what it means to remain centered on Christ. And I know that sounds really basic, but um, in the midst of challenge, it can really be a challenge to stay centered in Christ. At least for me, um, I know that when we haven't been able to consistently be in person at church and being distance from friends and family and weird schedules, we we can't do all our normal things. And and for me, it it shone a light on how Jesus is using this time and this experience to shape me, um, and to shape us and to remind us of kind of the core some of these core points of discipleship and what it looks like to follow Jesus. Us, even when our normals have been interrupted. And so in this pas- passage I chose um, from John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Um, this, in this passage, Jesus takes this really traditional um, imagery and transforms it to reflect this new space that Jesus is ushering in. The vine had long been used as a metaphor for Israel, and it's used over and over again in a variety of ways in Scripture. And, and so in this in this passage, um, Jesus says he is the true vine, this vine to which we are attached. And in these, I am statements of Jesus, um, Jesus, we if, if you read a little earlier in John and even after, but I'm going to say earlier, um, he's already told his followers he is the bread of life or he says, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. And, and I saw that last week you were, you know, I am the light of the world is what you talked about, which is super cool. Um, And through these imagery, Jesus talks about nourishment and his care. He's a shepherd that we follow and a light that shines in the darkness. And so all of these I am statements happen in the book of John between chapters 13 and 17, which we sometimes call the um, chapters of farewell, in which Jesus is both comforting his disciples and followers in the present and preparing them for what is to come. He's reminding them um, about what he's all about so that later they or we will remember what he said and it will help them when they're feeling discouraged and alone. And they will feel alone. I mean, we know that it won't be very long before they are shocked, discouraged, um, wondering and confused about what is going to happen. Like their Jesus was killed and, and put, you know, in a, put in a tomb, and they don't know what's going to happen. And so Jesus, he, he's preparing them for what is to come. and they, the followers don't know which end is up or what is going to happen next. And I feel like that sounds really familiar. We don't know what's up, what's going to happen next. And so Jesus is giving um, those who believed in him in the present some guide wor- guiding words for discipleship, and he uses this metaphor of a vineyard to communicate a promise to his followers that they will not be left alone but rather his presence will continually be with them and with us. And as the true vine, Jesus is the vine from which all the branches, and us, that we grow from. And so throughout the first half of this passage, we see this continued a uh, use of the word remain, or in some other translations, abide. And so I'll probably use those interchangeably. Um, but we see this continued use over and over again. Jesus um, tells them, tells us, to remain in him to stay close, to stay connected. When we remain with Jesus, we want to be close to him, near to him in all things. And it also means that we are utterly dependent on Christ for all things. I mean, we need him. Branches don't grow on their own. Um, Our society and culture, our North American culture, often tells us to be independent and not to depend on anyone but ourselves. That sense of rugged individualism, which really here in the West is, that's really a thing. <laughs> um, it, it, it's really reared its head in this season of pandemic, hasn't it? Like, when, if we need help, are we willing to ask? Are we'll, we willing to reach out and help others? And I say we in like this general sense, not you. You, of course, help everyone, but, <laughs> but I mean like our society. Um, you know, but we don't wanna help, but not too much because people need to do things on their own, right? I mean, we hear that. But that's not, that's not the way of Christ. Um, do we just work harder or pray harder? Um, if something needs to change in me, do I do it all by myself just through sheer willpower? Um, for some of us to ask for help might feel weak or kind of shameful. But that is not the way of Christ. When we abide or remain close to Jesus, we're better able to open our hands and depend on God to reveal what is next and to shape and transform us more into his image. To be strongly connected to the vine means that the life and presence of Jesus is flowing in and through us, and we gain support through that, not through our own strength. In order to stay connected, we need rhythms of silence and solitude and time in scripture to authentically remain close to the vine. A few months ago, I was in a webinar um, with Rich Violas. He's the author of um, the book, The The Deeply Formed Life, which I highly recommend. The Deeply Formed Life, write it down. Um, and he's a pastor in New York City and, and he was reminding us about these contemplative rhythms of silence and solitude and time in scripture that help us resist the transactionalism that can be so tempting for us because temp- I think we have a temptation when we go to Jesus to ask for things or to say a prayer and expect an answer and a voice um, and we really really deep down want something to happen but what he reminded us and he, what Rich reminded us and what we are reminded to even in this, in this passage is that often to be with Jesus is just that, just to be with Jesus. And that can mean silence. I'm a talker. I, I talk a lot and, and silence is like, ah, I have such a hard time with it. Um, I do. I want to feel the silence always. Like, and I'm, but as I'm getting older and learning and growing, I've learned to appreciate being able to sit pleasantly and allow the silence just to move. But it's it's really hard for me. And the same can be in prayer. Like, what does it look like for us to sit in silence and just be with Jesus instead of just always firing? What if? What if? What if? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Or help. Or do this. Do this. Do this. I need you to do this. But what does it look like for us to sit? And rest in that. Um, For me to sit in silence with someone is a reflection on the level of trust and comfort that I feel with them. You know, I don't need to work to make the situation comfortable. And so I've been working, as I said, a lot on that companionable silence with Jesus and It can be really hard especially when we're in these days of stress and uncertainty and when day after day we hear news of death and war and despair that is like visible on our streets and we we hear the voices of people who are suffering and struggling to find hope Um, these times of quiet with Jesus of remaining with him allow us to see and experience the power of his presence and fill us with purpose peace and hope despite whatever is going on around us. This abiding, this remaining close on the vine means that we place our lives in the hands of Jesus for him to transform us. And as we continue to read in the scripture, I keep pointing as if it's on the screen, sorry. That's <laughs> um, oh, no, 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 that's okay. Uh, I just... Um, <laughs> The next, like, what it also means is we're remaining, but then that also means that with that transformation comes some pruning. Um, I can think of times in my life when God was doing some serious uh, pruning in my life where it left me whining, going, Oh, God, what are you even doing? And it's not until later we can see like, what, he was, what he was working on. Um, When I think of, every time I read this pruning thing for the last few years, I think of the show that I watched. Um, I'm really into British TV the last, like, four, three or four years, and there's this show called um, Big Dream, Small Spaces, and it's with, around this guy called Monty, his name is Monty Don, and I guess he's, like, really famous in Britain, but I don't know. Oh, you know. Hey, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, and so what he does, I guess he's, like, a master gardener or whatever, but he'll go to people's homes in you know in like London or wherever and they have you know tiny little backyards and they are really rough and so he wants to transform them make them into these epic gardens and so he'll go and tell them oh you should try this and this but it never fails like not every episode but almost every episode they have like a big tree in their yard like some a big mature tree that's big but overgrown and kind of you know doesn't look good and he'll say you know, do this, do this, do this, and prune your tree. And then I'll come back in a few weeks and check on you. And he'll come back, and they will have done all the things, and they will have pruned the tree, but like, maybe taken off you know, a couple of branches. And so he'll get up there every time and take his hacksaw and just start going for it. And you can just watch the people going, ah, like, that's too much. That's way too much. How can, you po- how can our tree possibly live after you've taken that much off? And I don't know. I just, that always, that's what pops into me because that's how it feels like sometimes, sometimes right? Like, God, that's a lot. <laughs> like, really? I need to take away that much? Uh, it's just a random story, but it, it, it hits me every time. We are, and he says because he has to take all this off so that the, the tree can grow in new ways and have new, you know, new branches and all that stuff. And, and that's just what's happening here with these vines. We're pruned to encourage growth. Jesus said He will prune every branch that bears fruit so it will bear more fruit. I mean, addition by subtraction—that's so weird. Like, <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make sense to my brain, but yet that's how it works. You cut something away, and and two branches will grow out. It's so weird. Um, and so in that, we trust that God, this vine grower, is pruning away and transforming us with the promise of more. It means change and transformation, even while the pruning can be hard. This, uh, I'll say, I keep, I mentioned the pandemic, but it's like more than that, because there's like so many things going on. So I'll just say the last couple of years um, have been a huge time of pruning for me and probably for a lot of us. There are a lot of things that were good and even fruitful even, but being forced to like slow down and do a little less, um, Pruning away some of those things off the social calendar have revealed to me ways that I haven't been remaining close to Jesus in all things. There are a lot of things that I think I can do on my own that I actually needed to surrender to Christ. And so he's been gently pruning them away to reveal something new and creating space for new fruit to grow. He's been pruning away pride and fear, a need for security, and the biggest one probably for a lot of us is that desire for control. This pruning is creating new opportunities for Jesus to use us in ways that we hadn't seen before. I mean, I know many churches have had to, to pivot, again, ugh, these words, <laughs> that have become like what we say, but, you know, to pivot, to do something different, to, to see our community with new eyes, and I'm looking for different ways to serve even as the things we'd regularly been doing have been pruned back. Pruiting gives us an opportunity to focus on the main thing and let go of those branches that are dead and are no longer producing fruit. I don't know what it's like been like for a Renew but I've served, served now one two churches during this pandemic and that pivoting gets tiring but when we're open it it reveals opportunity for Jesus to do something new. A few years ago, my friend Tim, who was a missionary in France for many years, he was, he was doing this talk, just like I'm doing to now, and he was telling us about um, some things he had learned about winemaking and vineyards while he was there. And I know there's a lot of vineyards and wineries here in Washington, but I'm from Minnesota. There's not a lot of vineyards in Minnesota. <laughs> and so maybe this is all new to you, but this is brand new to somebody from the Midwest. Um, did you know that grapevines need a certain amount of stress in order to like really be good vines? see you guys are nodding I didn't know that but um, it turns out that if the location or situation is like too cushy if they have too much water or if it's too easy for them to get the nutrients that it'll grow too many shoots and the the leaves will get too big and then it'll give it gives poor grapes might get a lot of grapes but they're not good grapes Um, it's when the plants have to work a little harder to get water and nutrients like if they're crowded close to other plants then their roots have to go deeper and then that's when they produce uh, good, good grapes for good wine. Um, they might have, or yeah, they might have uh, the same number of, of grapes, but they're better grapes. And so, while this isn't a perfect uh, metaphor for this Jesus is vine metaphor, um, I think it adds some context. Um, we can get caught up doing a lot of things, Liam. Like, we do the things of the church, or we look, I can look like I'm producing a lot of fruit, but if it's by my own strength and not by the power of Christ working through me, my grapes are just bland yeah. and not very good. <laughs> and so, Or maybe I, I soaked up too much from other sources, like seeking approval from, from people around me or wanting to look good, or um, my attitude in serving is poor because I feel like I have to do it. Um, I might look like a growing plant, but there's not much to show for it. So those branches are also pruned away so that room can be made for good fruit. And maybe the pruning adds just a little bit of stress to make us dig a little bit deeper and draw closer to Jesus for what we need rather than take what we can get from elsewhere. And so as we circle back again to Jesus telling us to abide in him, to remain in him, in his love, that he is the true vine and the only source of our nourishment and growth, And then we move to the second half of the passage um, where we find the reason for all this remaining and abiding language. Remaining in God's love is not only for its own sake but for a purpose. Jesus is coaching his disciples and us on how we are supposed to live as people rooted and grounded in the Father's love and then are commanded to share it. The fruit that we are called to bear is love. As we receive the abundant grace, um, f- grace-filled love from God our Father, we are called to love one another. We cannot love one another, we can't love our neighbor in the active, engaged way that Jesus calls us to without first remaining firmly in the, yeah, remaining firmly in the love that God has for us. We need to be drawing near to the vine and close to Jesus if we're going to live as he has commanded us to live. I don't know about you, but I can't imagine doing the hard work of compassion, mercy, and justice without the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. We can't face racism, sexism, and inequality on our own strength. Lord knows, these last couple years have been rough. Without Jesus? Like, crazy. I, and we, need the hope and strength that comes from being close to Jesus to keep going. In Matthew 25, Jesus calls us to serve the least of these. To feed the hungry, clothe the naked, welcome the stranger, visit the prisoner. Honestly, I need the love of Jesus flowing in and through me because I can't do that on my own. It's it's too hard. And trying to do those things in my own strength is an unsustainable task. And so... We need to continually be drawing close to the vine, remaining close to Jesus, abiding in him, spending time you know, in his presence, listening, um, soaking in his word if we're going to do any of those things that he has commanded us. We also need to draw close, draw close to the vine if we're going to do what Christ commanded in Matthew 28 to go and make more disciples. You know, we, we fight against injustice and we draw people to Jesus. It's the love of Christ flowing in and through us that draws people to him, not our sparkling personalities or our fancy church services. I mean, I'm confident that God can use all of us in a variety of ways to expand his kingdom, but verse 16 says that, in, from John 15, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. He also says that he had bo- appointed his disciples to go and bear fruit. Jesus chooses and appoints us to do this work and he is in it with us. What he is telling them, his disciples, and us is that each of us is chosen by God, called to bear fruit, and sent out to love one another. And so, Renew, Like I ask you all of these same questions, the same questions that I've been asking myself during this season that seems never-ending and the ground beneath our feet is ever-shifting Are we transitioning into a new normal in almost everything? Um, As we are doing that, are you finding new space to be with Jesus? Um, What will you hold on to? Has this been a season of pruning for you as it has been for me? Or maybe even right now, are you entering into a new season of pruning? I mean, I know it's spring, so that's opposite, but still, go with it. (laughs) Um, Or maybe in this new season of spring, what new fruit is growing in you? What will you take up, and what will you release? Um, in the, in this, I think fe- I feel like in this season where we're you know in person, online, uh, you know, and school is in person, online, or I mean I don't have kids, but I can imagine for you parents like it's hard and trying, you know, whether you, you know what what is going to be next, like what things do we need to let go of that we're normal then, but maybe not for now. What new things does Jesus have for us? Um, Jesus offered this image of vine and branches before his disciples would enter their darkest moments. It's this reminder of how they are going to need to be remaining close to him and that he will also be remaining close to us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And so I guess I leave you with this: like, what, what rhythms, what practices are you going to be drawn to, so that you can be close to the vine? You know, where are you going to find silence and solitude? Where are you going to find real rest? I think of Matthew 11, and from the message, I just I love this. Um, Matthew 11:28 through 30 says, "Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me." And so Jesus, in this image again, vine and branches invites us to come close to Him, to draw near, to gain strength from Him, to uh, to learn and grow, to be transformed. He says, "Learn these unforced rhythms, Grace. Walk with me and work with me. Remain close. When things seem darkest, we." When we are close to Jesus, we have still that light that shines, like we talked about last week, you know, this light in the darkness. When we gather together as siblings in Christ and remember what Christ has done for us, we remember that he came here, he lived, he walked with us, he did all the things that we do, he died, he was buried and rose again for us. Like, we carry that with us. When we gather here, we remember that. We remember what Christ has done for us and we are abiding in Christ's presence together. We get to celebrate his great love for us, be filled and also encouraged by one another before we go back out into the world as a called and sent people. We're reminded that we are in Christ together bearing fruit individually and bearing fruit as a body. And we get to share the abundance of God's love by spreading that love to our neighbors. And so, renew. I, I just want to uh, pray for you that, that as you remain as a community together, uh, as you, uh, my words, as you as a community together remain in Christ together, I pray that you will continually see new ways that, that Christ can use you in your community, ways that he can draw you closer to him, closer together, um, be okay with the pruning that's happening, because I know it's happening. It's happening to everybody. Um, and look for ways, new ways that, that Christ is, is growing new things in you. Um, let me pray for you before I ramble too far. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you so much for your word and for the ways that you, um, you draw us closer, closer to you and to one another. I pray that as we um, continue to move forward in life on this journey, this journey with you, with one another, that you will um, continue to transform us. That even as you prune us, that, uh, that we will grow more and more like you, that you will show us um, ways that we can release our pride, our desire for control, and turn those things over to you, that we can be completely surrendered to you we thank you for your great love for us and the ways that you, um, you. Well, yeah, the ways that you love us—it's too much to fathom. Um, show us ways that we can share that love with our neighbors, ways that we can be at work bringing your kingdom here, um, where we can join you. Lord, we love you. I thank you for this community. I thank you for these new friends of mine. And I pray that you'll continue to bless them, continue to bless their leadership as they seek paths forward, be with them as they figure out stuff with the furnace, etc. <laughs> Lots of things. <laughs> Lord, um, I just pray you'll be with these folks that renew. Um, their name says it all, that we will be renewed in you. And so um, I pray that you will guide them, lift them up, and I thank you for them. Uh, we love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.